Hi everyone, it's Marilyn Lori, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit of a mixture of things, but I think it's going to be very powerful and very, very good for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about empathic ability, empathic ability, <laughs> empathic ability, and how that can be overwhelming sometimes and what to do about it. The willingness to change, not wanting to change, the willingness to change. Um, we're going to be talking about ego in the spiritual community, and then the prism effects, the healing prism effects that's been downloaded to me. I'm going to share a little bit about that, that I've been teaching in Next Level Living. So I did this podcast yesterday and I, uh, after recording it, I was a little bit more colorful than even I like to be. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let that one go because I had some colorful language in it that even I was uncomfortable with after. So I decided, no, I'm going to let that one just go to the trash pile. But maybe if you really want it, you could email me at care at marilynaloria.com and say, okay, I can handle it. I can handle it. Share it with me. And then maybe I'll do that. But we shall see. So I have been going through an incredible amount of changes. And I want to share some of the things that I've been doing in order to help you to change, as well as a conversation I had with somebody today that, well, I'll probably do a whole podcast about that one. But I really want to share with you what I've been doing in order to create great change in my life. I had been having moments with myself uh, probably like six months ago where I was saying, again, you know, I've got to change. These things have to change and stuff. And as many of you know who have been listening to this podcast, I decided to 10x my life at the end of 2021. 2022 was like a shit show, but it needed to be. Things had to fall apart. And now it's been um, really incredible as I'm moving forward and moving through and uh, gathering information and helping myself and growing and expanding and creating change in my life. And you have to be willing for that change. You can't be saying, you can't keep saying, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. When you say, I want to do it, it keeps it in a stale state. It keeps it neutral. It doesn't move forward it keeps you on the fence. When you're saying like, I am willing and I'm going to do this no matter what, and I'm going to make it happen, whether you can do it tomorrow or not, you can still take action today. So say you know that, um, I'm thinking about a friend of mine who knows like in a few years she would like to retire and move, but she can't do that right now. But she can still today do certain things towards it by like um, taking a writing class or going to a certain type of uh, location to see if she wants to live there or spending a weekend away in the location to see if she wants to live there. There are many things, even if you can't like go away that particular weekend, you can research what would it be like to live in this location? What would I do if I was there? What would I do as a side job? Whatever it may be. But people are waiting for their life to happen. And when if you're waiting for your life to happen, nothing changes. You have to take action no matter what. Um, I'm really shifting how I work and who I work with. And I'm mainly working with the people that are looking to change as well and are doing the work to change. The people who sit here and want to argue with me about their limitations and how they're stuck and how they can't do anything, I don't really have any time or energy for. I will offer up some solutions. I'll offer up some of my techniques and tools, some of my opt-ins, but then they're on their own because if you're not willing to change, there's nothing I can do. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you that you don't have enough time or you don't have enough money or you're um, not feeling well. 
there's many things that come up against people. And I'm not saying they aren't true, but they aren't an excuse for staying stuck. And if I'm pissing some of you off, you probably shouldn't follow me anymore because I'm going to get louder about this. I just saw an email about, you know, I'm this, I'm that. People get really mad at my email sometimes because I'm suggesting how they can change and they want to argue with me about why they can't change. Well, then I don't know what to tell you because I have seen people in all sorts of predicaments in this world and people who have had really bigger struggles and I see them create change in their life. They don't let things get them down. They find a way around it and they create the change that they need to create. You can't sit back and keep saying, well, one day or someday, and then complain about it. If you're okay with it, that's fine. But if you're going to sit there and complain about it, then that's not okay anymore. So I hope that for those of you who are looking to really create something incredible and magical in your life, that you take this moment to really start with the tiny steps. And the tiny, I'm going to give you some of my rituals because maybe those are the tiny steps you need. And they may be the perfect ones right now that you can do because some of you are raising kids or you may have that job that you have for the next five years that you really don't like and that you just need to get through because you're not going to give up your retirement. I get all of that. People like, it's really funny to me how um, people will get mad at me and be like, well, I can't leave it. I'm like, I would never tell you to leave it. I would tell you after your job to go and take that writing class because you want to write that novel. Stop, start the novel now. Because once that job is gone and the financial security is a little bit away from you, even though you have retirement, you're still going to be freaking out. You're still going to have this anxiety. You're still going to have this mindset. So do it now. So, so one of the rituals I shifted, and I've shared this before, and I'm going to share it again, and it's been a really powerful ritual for me, is I always journal in the morning. Have for years. I have hundreds of journals, and it's usually a brain dump. And this year, I added something else to it. I started reading very motivational books and very motivational, <laughs> put that together. It's really motivational. And um, as I read the books, first I'll journal, I'll do a little brain dump for like a page and a half, depending on what's going on in my life. And then I will start reading the book and I will take notes as I read the book. A lot of times the books have certain types of journal prompts in them or some type of questions they're asking. So I have a journal prompt to work with. Other times I'll just read it, like read a couple of pages and then write about what I'm getting from it. It really is helping me to solidify the mindset shifts that I need in order to move forward. It's really setting me up for success in my day. It's such a great, powerful way to start my day. And I love it. Say you don't have a lot of time because I have my own life. I've created my own life. I've created my own business. My time is my time. You may not have that, right? Well, then do it for 15 minutes. Sit down, read one paragraph of something and journal for 10 minutes about it. That's it. Set a timer if you don't trust yourself because you won't know when to stop. And stop yourself when the, when the timer goes off, even if you're not done. You will get so much further than not doing it at all. So that's my first thing. Willingness to change is better than wanting. If you find yourself constantly saying, I want this, I want to do it, I'm going to do it one day, you're never going to change. You have to change. Um, one of the other rituals that I've been doing too is at night, I definitely sit and pray and I do a little bit of a meditation and I've been working with a prism. So I'm going to share that with you towards the end of this podcast and you're going to want to listen to it because it was a download that came to me. It was something I brought into Next Level Living, which is my main program. If you're interested in learning about Next Level Living, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next and check it out. 
If you really think that you're a fit for it, fill out an application. We will get on a call. I don't do hard sales pitches because I only want people in there who really want to be in there. But if you're serious about it, fill out the application and we'll have a conversation. I'll send you my calendar link and we'll have a quick talk about it and see if it's right for you. So I'm going to share a little bit of that with you um, after I share the rest. Uh, empathic ability. Let's talk about that. Many of us are empathic and you have to learn how to work with your empathic ability or it could drag you down. So this past weekend, I'm recording this on May 4th, 2023. I was supposed to go to New York and I was all set to go to New York. And then I was going to go to Washington in the middle of May. And um, right before I was about to leave, about probably like two or three days before, I think it exactly was like two to three days before, I decided to shift my trip and to go to Washington. I'd been wanting to go to Washington for quite some time again to look to move there because I really like the state a lot. And I just made a decision and went. And it was really quite an incredible trip, very um, vulnerable and exciting and interesting. And I met with a realtor and I looked at houses and things like that. But really what happened to me, so much went on, right? So I created change. I didn't sit, sit back and wait. I know that I'm not moving tomorrow, but I'm going to be moving soon within maybe a year. Um, I'm not attached to anything. That's one of the things you want to practice with goals is to not be attached, but to have a goal, work towards a goal, and then surrender to the results and the outcome because it's usually better than you can imagine. And I just went on this trip and uh, I was staying at a hotel on the waterfront and I get up super early and I was down at the waterfront a couple of mornings and it was really quiet and beautiful and peaceful. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come down here and have dinner here on Saturday night. And I'm just going to, that sounds lovely. And I'm going to maybe go to that restaurant or that restaurant. And I was like, this is going to be great. Saturday night comes, I leave my hotel. I go walking down the waterfront and it's packed, packed with people. And it's packed with people who are also going on a prom a lot of kids who were in prom and all of a sudden I'm walking and my heart just starts aching like a mofo, like it was cracking open. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what the heck is going on? And I'm walking a little bit further and I see a puppy and these people. And I'm like, Oh, I was feeling awful. And I knew because I'm very conscious to how I feel. And then when I go into it, this is what you want to do if you're empathic, notice how you feel. And then if you go into a crowd, notice if those feelings change. And then ask yourself, is this me or am I picking up energy? And I knew right away it wasn't me because I did a quick inventory and I'm like, no, I'm fine. This is empathic. I, I'm picking up all the energy around me, all the emotion around me. I can't be here. So I headed back. I got food, headed back to my hotel and they had a beautiful balcony looking over the water. And I went up there and there was nobody there. My heartache was gone. And I sat down and I had a beautiful dinner. And I forgot how much, how empathic I am and how sensitive I am because I don't really have to go out into crowds. I don't go out in crowds. I choose not to go into crowds. It's not my thing. Um, I play tennis outside. I uh, walk in nature all the time. And I don't really go places where I know is not healthy for me because I am extremely empathic and sensitive. I, you can feel this way if you go into a Costco. You could feel this way if you go into a Target. You know, I can handle those stores to a degree. And I also know what to do in order to um, take care of myself when I do the, those situations. I'm prepared before I go in or 
uh, I just stay really focused or I, I set the intention of having a really good time. Like if I'm going into Costco to do something, I'm like, all right, it's going to be fun. I'm going to look around. And I really am in my own little world, my own little bubble. And I don't even notice who's around me. And I'm just focused on what's in front of me. And I'm usually okay. It's not a problem. So if you're really empathic, I do have a class on it. You can go to marilynalori.com forward slash classes and check out my empathic class. And if you put the code podcast in as the coupon code, you'll get it 50% off. And it's a really good class to teach you. So that was a really good lesson for me because I hadn't been in a crowd like that in a long time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm even more sensitive now the more I open up. So that was the other thing. Um, I'm going to share a story and then I'm going to go into a little bit of space clearing and the prism work. So this is what happens when I do the podcast the day before I get more organized in my thoughts because I spewed already, which is really good. So um, I'm going to be careful how I tell the story because that was part of the problem. Um, I was having a conversation with someone that somebody um, put us together and it was a possibility of this person being interested in my program. So I got on a call with them. And right away, I could feel a lot of energy. And um, I just kind of sat there and I was talking to the uh, to the person and we could all figure out what it was because I just stumbled. And um, I was like, as I was having a conversation, I noticed a lot of ego. And it sparked me for a second. It triggered me. I was like, holy F, man, like bring it down a notch. I'm only here having a conversation with you. I don't need this ego. And um, I really, I put Jesus between us. It's one of my favorite tools. And I just said, Jesus, heal the triggers between us. I don't want to make the person wrong, especially if I'm sitting there in a capacity of you possibly joining my program as a coach. I'm, I can't, I'm not allowed to get triggered. I don't allow myself to get triggered. If I get triggered, I have to put it aside. And I really have to coach from a place of neutrality because that's not fair to the person I'm talking to. And as I was getting into conversation, um, I asked at one point, you know, they were telling me all about their training and all that they do and the greatness that they are. And hey, I'm not going to argue with you about your greatness. I love your greatness. Let's celebrate it. And I asked about where they trained and woof, you would have thought, man, like, how dare I? How dare I ask that question? And uh, this person turned around to me and was like, me? I don't even know anything about you. Where did you train? And I obviously triggered the person. And I said, I'm only asking that question because you were just sharing about a class that you're in and you were telling me about all this training you've done. And we're talking about the things that you want to be doing in your life that you're not doing. And I'm trying to see how I can help you. And so we continued on the conversation and the person was all over the place. Everything was from the outside in. If you are operating your life from the outside in, you're going to continue to stumble, to fall, to hit the wall. You can't be on a spiritual journey navigating your life from outside influence. It's just impossible. Outside influence, even if you're talking to your guides or you're communicating with Jesus or Archangel Michael, they are reflecting your deepest truth from inside of you. That's how you're working with them. My guides, I was working with them a good 10 years before they explained this to me. And I've been with them now for like 18 years. And they said to me, we are the, the deep, we are the highest reflections of your soul. Literally, we'll sit there. Now I'm understanding another part of the prism work, which I'm going to share with you in a second. So nothing should be from the outside in. Everything should be from the inside out. And 
I, I just, I just kept myself calm, very neutral. I had no personality in the conversation. It was very funny because I could be funny. And I was like, wow, my converse, my personality just went, went zoop, gone. And I was doing it to try to ground the conversation because I was getting the, and I'm this and I'm that and this and that and this and that and that and this. And that's fine. Okay. But, you know, rein it in, anchor it into your soul. Talk to me from that place. So at the end of the conversation, I said, you know, I'm going to say something to you and it's probably going to trigger you, but I'm saying it because I feel I need to say it and I'm saying it from my heart. So I just want to see how you feel about this. And I told them they were very insecure. And they had a very truthful reaction to that and uh, said, yes, that's very true. And, you know, there was honesty with that. And I'm not going to go into it all, even though I'm not really sharing anything that would um, at, at all tell you who the person was, because I want to protect the conversation. And um, I was like, okay, maybe I got in somewhere here. And I, and I said, I don't know if next level living is right for you. And you don't know me. I'm not here to make a sale. I'm here to get the right people in my program. I'm also not here to sell you something that may not be the right fit for you. And I said, so, you know, I'm, I was going away. It was right before I was going away. I said, I'm going away, but I'll send you some information about me so you can get to know me and see what you think. And let me think about what I can offer to help you. Because at that moment I was feeling like, oh, they agreed with what I said. They recognized they can't do what they want to do in the world because of these doubts that are coming in and that are showing up in these insecurities. And I'll tell you something, when somebody uses a lot of ego to prove to you what they're doing, it's because they're super insecure about what it is and they feel they have to validate it. So um, we agreed, you know, we just talk after or something. I said, you know, you think about it too and just let me know. And uh, I got an email the next day, but I was already on my trip and it was very ego driven again. And it was like, I'm in touch. So I'm going to warn you about something. I'm in touch with my spirit guides. I'm all good with my spirit guides and we're good. And, and I don't need to get into this 3D world and whatever. The, I don't even remember the email now. First of all, I don't even refer to this world as the 3D world. I understand a lot of people do that to, to understand the different dimensions, 3D versus five dimensions, all these dimensions emerging. They're all coming together. You have to choose how you want to live in this dimension. And you can live in this dimension and be connected to higher level dimensions and still have a practical life, bringing your spiritual work to this work, to this earth. So very rarely will I refer to this earth as 3D because that dimensions don't really matter to me. Even when everybody was talking about, I'm ascending, I'm ascending, ascension's happening. And they were all freaking out and getting together in circles and having ascension conversations I get very, I pull out of that stuff and you may not, and that's okay. That might be like, oh my goodness, they're speaking my language. That's okay. But for me, I find that mass consciousness around a topic becomes a little fucking Lulu, in my opinion. And you need to ground in your truth. So I gather, I may gather information. Usually I just get it from my guides, but I may gather some pieces of information plus claircognizance. You usually don't need it. You could see a snippet of something and have the full understanding. And then I find my truth in it. So watch out that you're not getting swayed by the masses, right? So when 11-11 was happening, all that was, I was like, please don't talk to me about this. I just don't have any interest in it. I will. I have my truth and I'll keep walking in it. And some of you may say that's ego. It's not. It's what works for me. I'm not telling you not to work this way. 
I'm offering up a suggestion that you don't go with the masses and you decide what's your truth in the masses and then go from there. So um, that whole conversation happened and how blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, and I'm good and leave me alone was basically it. And I'm like, you're fine. Go ahead. Like, I don't think you're a fit for this program anyway. So I wrote back and I had to bring down my energy a tiny bit, but it wasn't that bad. And I just said, look, what I do for people is I bridge these other dimensions with the practical living, the 3D dimension, I call it practical living, so that you can bring your mission to this earth. I said, and that is how I help people. But I understand that this program's not for you. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's for you. I said, here's my podcast. So if she's listening to this, she'll know. Yes, it was a woman. Um, and I don't care. I don't care. And yesterday I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. And I was like, now I don't care. Um, and I said, you know, maybe you'll find somebody else that resonates with you on my podcast that I've interviewed, right? I have no attachment to you working with me, especially if we're going to be in battle over me convincing you that your mission is important and it should be on the earth plane. And if that's what you really want to do, you're telling me that's what you really want to do. And then you tell me every excuse in the book why you can't do it. And then you tell me you have to do it. I'm not going to sit here and do this dance with you. Yes, self-doubt is going to come up. Yes, fear is going to come up. Those are the people I work with in Next Level Living. I help them through that stuff so that, because no matter what you do, you're going to be, um, you're going to be in things and situations where something may get triggered and you want to be able to anchor into your own personal truth, your own soul, your own guidance system so that you can come from that place and not react from a place that isn't truthful to you and then sabotage things, right? So that's my goal because real spiritual journeys, let's look at every spiritual person that you admire that has done greatness in the world and you tell me if they've had an easy life because they wouldn't even say that they have. They would say, well, this happened or that happened or this happened and this is how they dealt with it through their spiritual work. And then they taught it to the masses. That's what it's about, right? And it becomes easier and easier when you have the techniques and tools, because when things happen, you don't um, respond from the place of as much fear because you trust. You have complete faith and trust in the universe, in God, whatever you believe in. And you know that, that it's happening for you, not to you. And that you recognize that there's something even greater and bigger behind it, no matter what it is. And when you deal with something like that, you become a solution-based person and not a scarcity-minded person, right? I just had something right before my trip, a health thing happen. And then on my trip, I got a call from the doctor's office that was very anxious. And I called in, made an appointment, and then let it go. Because I'm on a trip, whatever is happening there. It's not going to happen until I go to the doctor's appointment. So I'm not holding on to it here. I didn't even discuss it with my cousin. I was on this trip. My cousin, I didn't tell anyone and came back, went to the appointment, got the call today. Everything's good. Right. So I, I, you know, I just want to say this to all of you. So the ego thing, I'm going to say this for a second, because I wrote a post about it on my Facebook page. Um, both my personal and professional page. I see a lot of spiritual people in a lot of ego. And I'm not saying we all have some sort of ego, right? And I don't think it's a bad thing because it it can get mixed in with confidence and stuff. But when you're using ego 
to prove yourself to someone, that to me is insecurity. It is not a healthy state to be in. I was on a call with another woman that I was told to talk to her because she wanted to interview me. And when I got on the call, she was like, I don't, you know, she's like, didn't want to interview me, was pushed on the call with me through someone else. And the first thing she said to me is, you know, she's telling me all about herself. Now, first of all, if I'm interviewing you, I see this happen in interviewers all the time. If I'm interviewing you, I'm interviewing you. I'm not telling you all about me. I want to know about you. I want to celebrate you. I want to introduce you to my audience, right? And so she was like, I worked, I go here, I go there. I've shared the story before I go here and I go there nah, nah, and I'm going here next week and there and nah, 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 nah. she's like, where do you go? And I'm like, I stay home. I work from home. I'm not going to sit here and do this like tit for tat thing. Good for you. There is enough work for all of us. There are enough people for all of us. Here's another thing that happened. I knew I was going to get into stories. I was talking with another lovely person um, via email. And she shared with me that she has all the Claire's, but supposedly, if you could see me on YouTube with air quotes, supposedly only the few gifted can use all their Claire's. If you could see my face when I read that line. And she wasn't saying that she believed in it. It was a belief that was pushed upon her. So she was doubting her own abilities because someone said, oh, no, it's only for the few gifted that are all clear, you know, that have all the clears because they're from Brooklyn, right? I'm going to make up from Brooklyn now. And I'm sorry, but I can't even do a good Brooklyn accent anymore, even though supposedly it comes out. So I was like, that is fucking bullshit. You can have all the clears. You can have whatever you want. Nobody gets to tell you what you're allowed to have or not have. The dimensions, they are so combined. The veils are so thin. Our consciousness is so elevated. And the more you elevate your consciousness, the more clairs you can have. I'm claircognizant. I'm clairvoyant. I'm clairaudient. I'm empathic. I'm clairsentient. I don't want the smell one. I just had it in the bathroom. I smelled BO. And I was like, you know what? That's not a clair I want. Keep it. Sometimes I'll do it. If it was roses, I don't need a whole frigging thing of BO happening in the bathroom. I don't know what was going on in there. So you can, I have a whole psychic dictionary of all the gifts out there, and there are a ton. You get to decide what you have. You get to work on it. You get to develop it. You get to open up to it. Now, I think it's a very antiquated belief, and I think there's a lot of antiquated people out there that do this work and want to tell you that you can't be it unless you were born into it, and, and I was born into it. I saw another post from another woman and I didn't get to comment on it. And she was like, you know, I'm so tired of having to tell people that I wasn't born into it, but it doesn't mean I'm not gifted. And I wish I could say who the woman was. I don't know who she is. She's apparently, I think we're Facebook friends and I didn't get to comment on it because I was too busy, but she's right. Good for her for saying that. Because our resume before 2020 was, I remember writing a, a bio. It's like, I've had this since I was a kid. I have. My grandmother has it. My It's on both sides. Who the freak cares? I don't care if you're 85 and waking up to it now. You have it. If you want it, you're interested in it. You can develop it. So this woman's very sweet. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I do not subscribe to that kind of belief system. Do not let other people tell you who to believe, what who you are and what you are. You decide. It's like I was in a uh, mediumship circle. It was one medium I was studying with. I studied with him once and I'd studied with different mediums, not a lot of them, but there was one group that just traveled around these two mediums. 
And um, they weren't the nicest people in the world. And I've talked about them before. And there was a lot of competition in the rooms. And I just got to a place where I was like, I don't really give a fuck what any of you are doing. I'm going to stay on my journey. And my career accelerated because I did not get involved in the nonsense. I didn't try to belong. I didn't try to look, they were insulting me. There was no reason I was going to be your friend. I don't need that. And so I went to this one, it was the last class I went to. And I went to this one class. And before I went in, I worked with the healer I was working with at the time. I don't work with her anymore to make sure that I maintained my decorum, my balance, my, my, own stuff. And, um, it went well, he was very nice. He was a very nice medium. I liked him a lot. And, um, at one point he asked who can see spirits in the physical, who has seen spirits in the physical in the daytime. That was like the first spirit I saw. So I raised my hand and I think one other person may have raised their hand. I don't remember in a group of like 40 of us. And then he followed it up with, well, people who can see spirits in the daytime, physical manifestations are extremely gifted mediums. Now I'm the one being called out. So of course I'm fucking happy as ha everything, but I also was very aware of, Hmm, I don't think that's a statement that should be made because who's to say that we aren't all really gifted mediums that can grow. Can you see how that could limit you? Like if I wasn't that person, I might be thinking, wow, I wish I was like that. I'm not, you know, fuck that. And he was, he was not an egotistical medium. He was, I liked him. I really liked him. I thought he did very good at teaching and maintaining a balance in the class. So anyway, I did that class. I actually read one of the girls that didn't like me. And um, I go really fast when I read and I don't ask for yeses or nos. I don't check with them to confirm the energy or the information. I just go. Sometimes when I'm doing readings, if um, on the phone, I will check in and be like, do you understand? Yes. Um, if a deceased loved one comes in, I have to get the yeses or nos to know that I'm making sure that I'm getting the father, right? So I can't just be like, your dad's here. Da, 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 da. I have to be like, he's telling me he died of a heart attack. He's showing me the number four. It's really important. April is a very important month. Is that true? Yes. Does he have three siblings? Yes. Okay. I got your dad. You know, it'd be like three, four or five questions. But if I'm doing just a, um, a reading and all my reading is channeling, none of it is reading you what you want to hear. It's all coming through my guides. I don't ask for yes and no's. I just don't. I don't ask for confirmation. And I kind of learned that. I wish I could remember this woman's name. She was super sweet. I was taking a tarot class with this guy I really liked. And she did a reading for me and she didn't do the yeses or no's. And I asked her and she said, oh, I was taught not to. And I was like, I like that. And one of the mediums um, that I used to get read from who lived in Lilydale, she would never, first 30 minutes was just her talking. And it was right on. And I really liked that style. So I was in this group and I did a reading and um, I didn't ask for confirmation. And the teacher said to me, you know, you should pause and ask for confirmation. I was like, yep, that's one belief. It's not mine. And I'm not taking it. Never did. Never took it. Decide who you are. Decide the type of reader you are. Now, um, I do, when I teach my work, and I teach, it's very important. I do not project my opinions onto a reading. If for some reason my opinion comes through, I will say to them, this is me, not spirit. I'm sharing this story, but this is me. I want them to be very clear about that. Also, um, I know how to word things so that they are received the way they're meant to be received. I ask that I'm moved out of the way that the spirit, that spirit talks through me. And then I know how to say things. So if somebody, somebody's asked me about like a father's health and say, I feel that, um, I don't do these types of readings anymore, but say that I felt the father was in, it was tricky. The health was going to go, you know, awry. 
there's a way to, to verbalize that so that the person isn't freaking out, taking your word as gospel. And then I don't, you know, I don't know something they could, spirits could have me say something in the moment so that they forgive each other and move forward. And the father's fine. I don't know, you know, spirits just working through me. It's not for me, you know, some things I'll know, some things like that, most things I know, but so I'll usually say, you know, if that was something like that would happen, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm getting uh, information that his health is not that great right now. And he really needs to go to the doctor and the next three months are going to be tricky. And if there's anything that you two need to say to each other, I would say it, but I'm not saying this is anything could change tomorrow. So if he needs to go get his blood pressure, I remember doing a reading. I don't remember readings. People come back to me and I did give some health stuff. And apparently I was right. There was nothing wrong with the father. They went in and did it and there was something wrong. So I, I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, because you need to believe yourself. You need to stop taking on other people's labels. And that's what I wanted to say about that. Okay. So we are doing space clearing part two in next level living this month. And um, space clearing part one was, using empathic ability and clairvoyance to get to know a space, become intimate with it and clear it. Um, I do have a space clearing class on my website. You can check it out. You can also use that podcast code and get 50% off. And then this month was Claire audience and claircognizance, but I also included empathic and clairvoyance a bit of it because this month I, last month I taught them like really how to communicate with it, the basis of it, how it can affect you. This month I taught them how to clear it and clear it remotely, clear it without ever seeing it and how to, how to clear vacation energy before you go to it, all that kind of stuff. So as I uh, was getting ready to do the class um, Tuesday morning, I was teaching it on Wednesday, but on Tuesday morning, I woke up and I got up at like quarter to four in the morning. This is the prison energy I'm going into. And uh, it was really early, but I got up early. I've been jumping out of bed, super excited, doing my morning routines. And um, I went and did my readings. I did, That's like 90 minutes I have about to do that journaling and reading. And then I walked the dogs and then I went in to meditate. And usually I work out after that. And I was, it was like 730 in the morning and I was like, I got to go to sleep. I have to go to sleep. And I've never done this before. And I just lay down on the bed I was on. I was in the guest room and with a cat and I fell asleep. And I knew I was having dreams, but I can't, I couldn't remember them. And then later on that day, I was talking to Monique, who's a coach in Soul Finder Academy, another program I offer. That's great. And uh, she said, I can't wait for the space clearing class tomorrow. And I was like, oh my goodness, they put me in a prism. They had me in the center of prison where I dissolved beliefs that were no longer serving me and where the reflections that were back at me was the life that I am choosing to live, the desire to live. And that was all I was supposed to focus on was the reflective energy of that life. And I was like, oh my goodness, I totally forgot about it. I meant to teach this. So I'm going to share a tiny bit with you because I want you to try to work with this energy. So that night I went for a walk with my dogs and um, I was asking for the downloads of the information so I could teach it because I couldn't remember it. You know, they, I forgot they gave me all this stuff. And as I was walking, there's these uh, certain stars in the sky that I'm very attracted to. So I pulled the star energy down and I got into the center of it. So I didn't use a prism. I used a star just because I could physically see it. And this is a clairvoyancy thing, right? You're using visual to then pull it in. And then in my mind's eye, with my eyes open, I wouldn't suggest you do this if you don't know how to walk physically in the earth plane and be multidimensional. Do it when you're with your with, when you're safe. But I very much can walk in the world and be multi, multidimensional as well. And I think anybody can learn that. I'm not saying it's just I've been doing it for so long. I know how to do it. 
So I was walking with the star energy and there was blue light coming down, dissolving beliefs that were no longer serving me. And it felt really cleansing and good. And what was even better, and this is space clearing, we clear out what we don't need and we bring in what, what we desire and we bring it in as if it's happening. It's a statement. Like when I teach space, space clearing, the fourth time they go around, they are infusing the room with what they know. This is abundant. This is uh, clean. This is positive. This is, um, there's money, there's whatever you need. So the star energy, I was doing that. I was dissolving what I didn't need. And I was bringing in and confirmation intention and ownership, what I know to be true, what I just, so what you would say you desire, but you have to know it to be true and take ownership of it. And then the energy of the star and the light was helping me to, to imbue it into my body, to have it into my physical being so that my reflection back in the world was exactly what I know to be true. So that was part of it. So then that night I got into bed and I started working with it more. I thought, oh, this is really fascinating. And then I started looking at prisms because I was like, I don't know anything about prisms and I want to learn about them. And I was like, who invented it? And it was Isaac Newton. And I started reading, he invented it in 1665. And I started reading about how he found it and how it's a, I'm going to butcher it right now, but it's one light that comes through that creates the, the lights of the rainbow. So he drilled like a hole in a piece of wood and a piece of light came through. And then many feet away, it was like all the colors of the rainbow. And there's so much more to study about it that I'll start to study. So I was like, this is amazing because it's reflective. You're using light to heal. You're using light to manifest and to grow into things. And it empowers you. Everything I do is about empowering you. Like even in the space clearing class, I gave them a bunch of tools to use, but I'm like, you have to use what empowers you. So just because somebody says you sage, if sage doesn't feel like an empowering tool to you because you don't like the smell of it, you can't use it to clear the space. I don't care what anybody says. You can't. You have to use. And most importantly, you're using your own instrument. I taught them how to use color without, you know, how to use certain instruments without having the physical instrument is just turning on the instrument inside of you. So I started reasoning about prisms and I was like, wow, this is like now I want to study um, Isaac Newton. I'm just, I grabbed a book of his last night and I just started reading it to see if I want to read it, if it's a good book to read. And I'm thinking about like what it was like to be an inventor back in this 1660 was when he went to Cambridge, 1665 is when he discovered this. And I'm like, what a cool thing. We are modern, modern day inventors and innovators. That's what we are. That's what we can choose to be. So I can discuss this energy and how to become multidimensional while you're on this, this three dimension, whatever you want to call it, because that doesn't resonate with me, this practical life and how to infuse all of it so that you're living powerfully in that place at all times. When I coach someone, I am listening and, and, and being fully multidimensional with them. It is nothing is linear. They're talking I'm feeling, hearing, seeing, knowing everything at this at, at all at once. So that when I ask them specific questions, it's not even what they're talking about. It's targeting something else and it opens up a doorway and gives them information that they need in order to release something and move forward. So they uh so I suggest like working with this. So in the space clearing class, what I did, we're gonna go more into it next month because we're doing clairvoyancy and other and move and bridging the dimensions and bringing all the dimensions together. And I said, um, so get in the middle of a prism. And what is a prism to you is first what I asked them. I'm trying to remember the whole class. And they all had different energy answers for what a prism is to them, right? 
And um, like one person felt that it was entrapping, entrapment. So she didn't like that. So she used the word. I don't think she'd mind me saying. She used a very high powered word. I don't want to give away her private thing. She wouldn't care though, because she's very um, open. And when she went into that word, and then I had them feel it, um, see it, see colors, see what they see. And they could see symbols and images too. I had them hear it. What sound did they hear? That was totally cool. And then the knowing is the claircognizance. What do you know about this space? She came out of that with such an incredible key of information for a goal that she is working towards. And I feel that simultaneous healing because in that instant, she became clear about a belief she was holding that was not serving her. And she was able to release it in an instant to move forward. So this work is super powerful in how you can use it. Um, so I, I suggest to you, if you, as long as you feel safe in it, right? I've, I'm always feeling safe. So I don't even think to say, you know, I don't come from the belief system of watch out for this, watch out for that, because I believe in free will. So you're always can choose. My intention is I'm safe. But I also have a lot of guidance around me. And I've been doing this work for a really long time. So as long as you feel comfortable in that, I would play with it. And I would suggest for those of you who I don't know if you can walk and do it, I wouldn't do it that way with them. I had them, they were sitting down because they were in the class. So they were doing it as they were sitting down. Um, but most of them had very powerful experiences with it. I feel it's a really incredible healing tool. I think one of the biggest things that keeps people from the willingness to move forward and moving forward is belief systems. You have a belief system that you are, um, you can't do something until you're out of debt. You can't do something because you don't have enough time. You can't do something because your husband doesn't support you. Whatever the story is, dissolve that belief and create positive beliefs that are really supporting you in where you're going. It could be that, you know, investing in a program is the thing that's going to help you to make money to pay off that debt. If you have that belief in place, that will be what happens. But if you have the belief of, I, I can't, oh my goodness, I spent too much, I'm not making anything, and that really is a self-worth issue, then you go into a program with that kind of doubt, you are going to create that, more of that. So this is going to help you to sort out what's not serving you and help you to bring in what is serving you. So that is today's episode. I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, we, I have more coming down the pike and, uh, it's really exciting. Cause I feel like I'm, um, I was talking to my therapist today and I was telling her about the dreams. And then I didn't tell her about the prison dream. There was other dreams I was having that were very powerful. And then, um, uh, I, then I told her about the prism dream because the one <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. So she was like, it looks like there's a huge spiritual a thing happening. I'm not going to, the whole thing, like, like almost like it's carrying you onto this huge spiritual path of work that you're going to do a body of work and everything. And she didn't know anything about the prison. She didn't know anything of that. The dream I told her about was like a crazy little nightmarish dream. And she got that from that dream. And I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I had this dream about prison, blah, blah. And I told her, she's like, Oh my goodness. And so I'm really excited to step into one. I have a vehicle my program next level living is such an incredible vehicle to bring this work forward to them. Cause when you teach, you learn as well. And I'm constantly, they're so elevated that I'm constantly working on my own elevation so that 
the elevation just keeps rising and rising and rising. And then the other part of it is this is really like studying philosophers and inventors and scientists and merging it with my psychic energy and world and the mediumship and channeling. It's just such a great place to be because I feel like this is the next, the new thoughts of where we're going. I feel this is accessible to anyone. I don't put myself in a category if it's only for the gifted few. It's for those who are interested in it. You may have another interest, you know, but we're all innovators. We're all inventors. We're all creators. So what do you need to do to be the innovator of your life, the creator of your life, the inventor of your life, of your body of work? And if some of that is coming to Next Level Living, check it out. Go to MarilynAloria.com forward slash next and really check it out. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Enjoy it. Enjoy the work. If you um, have more questions for me about um, the programs that I teach or what I do or how I do it, I'm going to answer you honestly. Email me at care at marilynalauria.com. That's care, C-A-R-E, because I care, at marilynalauria.com. And I will um, answer it. Also, uh, rate, review, subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. Thank you so much, everyone. And I will speak to you next week. Bye.